Hello, everybody. Welcome to Becoming Better, the podcast dedicated to helping you become a better human being. I'm the host of the show with pacing problems, apparently. Chris Bailey, this is episode number 47, Mini Productivity Experiments. Well, Arden, on the day this comes out, it'll be March 16th. And we, we, we've got this planner. So it's a five-year planner. We actually got it as a wedding gift about a year and a half ago. And we've <laughs> so it was the perfect time to get a planner like that. Or not a planner. What do you call it? A, a five-year? A journal. A journal, yeah. So every, every day throughout the year, you kind of write down what's going on in your life, what's happening in the world. And man, it's been a thrilling ride to read the entries leading up to the day we're recording this podcast. Yeah. I mean, we were going through some of the entries that are coming up in the coming weeks. And yes. We were talking about how, oh, there's a hundred cases in Canada now and things are really getting out of hand. And, things are shutting down. Oh. We're worried about, we, we have to spend three days in isolation. That was yeah. one of the entries. We were so naive. Yeah. Oh, little <laughs> did we know. We, we were like, uh, I think I've used this analogy before on the podcast, the, uh, the person that moves to New York for the first time and they've got this big wide-eyed smile across their face saying, come on, New York, I'm going going to make this city mine. That was us at the beginning of COVID. And now we're, we're, you know, working, we're working our way through. Yeah. So it's been almost exactly a year since Canada and a ton of other countries have been putting in basically really restrictive lockdowns. Obviously lots of countries did it earlier. So it's not exactly a year everywhere in the world, but roughly a year in the places that we are currently living. Yeah. Um, But at the same time, Canada, like a lot of countries, is starting to see a possible end to the current lockdowns, right? I mean, with vaccines coming in, we know that in the next six months or so, at least in this country and definitely in the States, it looks like the majority of people who want to be vaccinated will be vaccinated, if not all people. Um, And that's a hugely impressive feat, but it also means that life after COVID may not be that far away. And I don't want to jinx it. I'll knock on every wooden thing around me if, if need be. But There's only one. You yeah. can knock on it now. It, uh, okay. I, I just watched her knock on the table, just so you all know. <laughs> okay. So now that I've knocked on wood to try to prevent any kind of jinx around saying that the end of COVID yeah. might not be that far away, obviously impossible to tell. God only knows after the crazy yeah. year we've had. But hopefully the podcasters around the world recording their hot takes on this anniversary of COVID have some wood around them. I feel like a six-year-old because I want to giggle at that. But anyway, moving past that, what this really means is that there is very likely very limited amount of time left in our quarantine or whatever that looks like for you. And obviously, some people are more busy than ever. Who knows? Obviously, this isn't going to apply to everybody, but a lot of people still have more free time right now than they likely will at the end of COVID or once COVID is over. And really what that means is that this might be the last chance you really have to make the most out of quarantine and the, the lack of social pressure and the lack of commute time or whatever it means for you that's changed, that's given so many people so much more free time. Yeah. And I feel free time is something that a lot of people don't have a handle on how much they actually have of it. But a good place to start is looking at how much time you spend on things that don't provide you with meaning or productivity. 
not that every moment of every day is about meaning or productivity. Sometimes it's fun to just play and, and invest energy in a non-deliberate way and in, in kind of a deliberate way overall in, in that you can get some time to unwind and relax. But a good proxy measure that I usually use is, okay, how much time do I spend watching YouTube? How much time do I spend on social media? How much time do I spend on unimportant matters? How much time do I spend lazing around? And if the answer to any of those is uh, a positive number that is greater than before, it probably means how much time I have, uh, how much free time I have has gone up. Yeah. If you can tell the, your colleagues about what you've thought about every recent Netflix or Amazon Prime What's show. What's show you're watching? Oh, I watched WandaVision. <laughs> oh, one? No, before that, Bridgerton. Oh, everybody watched Bridgerton. Uh, I didn't watch Bridgerton. You watched a couple episodes. Oh, In your defense, begrudgingly. Chris yeah. really didn't like it. It for all the people listening, Chris hated this show yes. because it didn't he didn't like seeing that women didn't have a lot of opportunity in life. And I thought that was just so endearing that that was why you didn't yeah, like the show. The a whole the a whole idea of a marriage market just like, "Oh, okay. Nope. I'm good. I'm no. <laughs> Bring me back to the modern era." But that, that's all beside the point. So yes, basically coming back to what we were saying is that we have a limited amount of time left in COVID or in quarantine, and we really wanted to use this episode to talk about what are you going to do with that time left, right? Yeah. If we only have a certain amount of limited time left without all these social pressures and without commuting and with, for a lot of people, a lot more time on their hands and a lot more energy and attention, what yeah. are you going to do with that? This is might be a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to really figure out what works for you or what doesn't work for you. And this is kind of a unique opportunity. So obviously, won't work for everybody, but if you have the energy and the ability to think about this, this could be a fun time to play around with um, learning more about yourself while we have the chance. Yeah, and looking through the experiments we're going to suggest, uh, you know, those who have been following the podcast and maybe even my work before that for a little while, uh, you probably know that we're a fan of experiments around here on uh, becoming better. And so we, we've chosen actually a collection of little mini experiments that you can do surrounding your productivity. And in the vein that, you know, you know one of the, the most unfortunate things about COVID is how the consequences, the negative consequences of it have been distributed unevenly and unequally across uh, genders and ages and income brackets. And so with that in mind, we've chosen hopefully a collection of strategies that'll fit regardless of the kind of life you live. Uh, we've chosen ones, some of them take no time, uh, some of them take no money, some of them take just a bit of energy. But I think uh, among all of these, you're sure to find one or two that you can do, uh, begin doing right away. Don't do them all, right? You might go slightly crazier than, than you have been going during COVID so far. But uh, that's, that's something to keep in mind that there's, there's sure to be one or two that are a better fit for you, uh, depending on your situation right now. Yeah, so I guess the way we're, we've thought through this episode is giving you maybe a couple of suggestions for possible experiments that you could try. Yeah. And we have five ideas of experiments you could try in the remaining COVID quarantine weird period we're in right now to just try to get to know yourself a little bit better. Yeah. All right. So number one, this is one that I did accidentally the other week. One of the things that I do quite a bit of actually for my work that 
I honestly didn't expect it at the very beginning writing books, but uh, opportunities come up and people ask, hey, do you want to come talk to our organization about this book you read? And so uh, the speaking's been a whole thing in my work for a while, but recently it's all gone virtual. And one opportunity of uh, going virtual is companies from all over can uh, hire me to come do a talk for them. I'm, I'm not promoting myself. I'm just explaining. I have a point. Uh, so there's a company in Germany that asked me to do a talk the other week. And that was fine. Like it was, it was great to be invited and to, to help these uh, folks out, hopefully. But then they said, oh, by the way, our meeting is at, at 1045. And I thought, oh, oh, okay, that sounds great. But then I realized that was uh, Central European time, which uh, I think the uh, equivalent was 345 in the morning, Eastern Standard Time. And so inadvertently, I got thrown into a productivity experiment. I've been waking up a bit later uh, than usual during COVID, but uh, you know, not being an early bird, but that's been largely project dependent for me. Uh, you know, if, if I work on something that requires deep concentration, I actually benefit more from waking up early in the morning because then it's a quiet time, uh, nobody's up, nothing like that. And I can just focus on, on writing a book or whatever it is. And I actually found I loved waking up early and that it's stuck since this is kind of an inadvertent experiment, but it worked really well. And, and I know you've been waking up quite early throughout COVID too and, and loving it. Yeah. I mean, I did play around a little bit because I do have more flexibility now. I, I had fewer meetings with people who were in vastly different time zones. So it meant I had fewer morning <laughs> meetings in the last year or so. Um, I also had just fewer things to be on campus for or in a specific office for at a specific time. So I could mm. wake up a little later. So yeah. I did try playing with my wake up time. I've always been an early riser. I did for a little while wake up later, like after 8am, which for me feels like really sleeping in. Yeah. Um, and I don't like that. <laughs> I think I've, uh, I've had the ability to to play around with my wake up time. And if I get up after basically eight, I feel really slow all day. And so, mm. yeah, I did have a little more flexibility in my calendar because of all of the changes that have happened in the last year. I tried waking up later didn't work for me. And I've gone back to getting up before, usually before 7am. And like you said, I find it gives me a lot of productivity in the morning. I feel really focused and really clear. Um, And it gives me time before everybody starts emailing me and my day just kind of gets lost to whatever whims come up that day. Yeah. And if if I could kind of try to articulate it, you know, I've always been a a late riser. I I wake up (laughs) probably seven at the earliest most mornings and maybe eight on average. I've really, uh, you know, I I do my best work later in the evening usually. But if you're an early or, or a late riser, I should say, um, there, there are actually hours of the day before you wake up where you can wake up a bit earlier and accomplish things in these hours. So I had never encountered 4 a.m. in my entire life. But during this experiment, inadvertently, I got up during them. <laughs> so it can be a fun little experiment to force yourself into it over the course of a week. Can you wake up at 4 a.m.? Probably not. But is six worth striving for? Is seven? If you're an early bird, if you've been an early bird for forever, what would sleeping in do? Uh, one study by Till Ronenberg, who's probably one of the world's foremost chronobiologists, he studies the energy rhythms of, uh, of, uh, through, of our day. What he found is that there's no difference 
in our socioeconomic standing based on what time we wake up at. It's what we do with the hours of our day after we wake up and how deliberate we are with those hours that make the biggest difference in how productive we are and how much we accomplish uh, both throughout the day and in our life overall. And I think that's something to keep in mind. But with that spirit, there are certain hours of the day where becoming more deliberate that day becomes an easier endeavor because you wake up earlier or later. And so do keep that in mind as well. Yeah, for sure. So I think basically all that to say, if you have the flexibility, try it out. Yeah. You know, I mean, if without a lot of pressure on your time in the morning or in the evening, you have a lot more, you might have a lot more flexibility to figure out what your prime time really is. Good stuff. Number two. The caffeine reset. Yeah, we've talked about this before. Oh, yeah. We've talked about a lot of these things before. Yeah. This one in particular, we actually had a whole episode. Does that mean this episode is all full of filler? I don't think so. No? Consolidating things is not a filler. That's good. It's (laughs) a helpful reminder, not filler. But I guess that's up to the the audience. So Give a negative review if you think it's all filler. No, please don't. Please just email. But experiment number two is the idea of a caffeine reset. And we did an entire episode on this on episode 21. So if you're interested in all the details, maybe check out episode 21. But really, a lot of people might be drinking caffeine too often or really not using it intentionally to really optimize how caffeine is affecting them. And this is something we've talked about a lot in the past where caffeine, if used intentionally, I guess, can really help make you more productive when you need it to. But it can also really limit your productivity if you're drinking caffeine needlessly or drinking caffeine in a way that affects your sleep or Mm. all sorts of other things, right? Caffeine has a lot of impacts on your life or it could. Um, And so doing a caffeine reset can really give you a sense of whether or not you're drinking it too often or too little or figuring out the right role that it has in your life. And this is something we've both done in the past. Yeah, and somebody actually sent an email the other day to me asking, okay, you know, you give a lot of advice on the podcast about what caffeine uh, vehicles we should be consuming on a regular basis. What have you settled into a rhythm of? And the honest fact of the matter, matter is it fluctuates. You know, it fluctuates sometimes on the weekends. We consume coffee or lattes. Uh, during the weeks, we have green tea. But that's kind of the rhythm that we've settled into, a, a new lower level of caffeine after doing these resets. Most, most of the time, it's just green tea uh, throughout the day and coffee on the weekend. Yeah, for me, I don't drink any coffee um, yeah. at all. You don't like the effects of co- no, coffee. coffee specifically. I will have a latte occasionally. Usually, I'll have a decaf though. Uh, I know there is a little less caffeine in espresso, but um, which would be in a latte. But in general, coffee just makes me like so anxious and really jittery, and it's very unpleasant. So <laughs> I just skip coffee entirely, and I'll have a latte maybe on a as a treat on a weekend, and during the week, I'll have green tea or black tea, and. Only really some days of the week. I usually have at least two days without caffeine. Yeah, good stuff. And, and I almost never start the day with it. It's not usually oh. my first thing in the morning. Yeah, one of one of the best productivity tips around is delaying that first cup of coffee or tea uh, because you do your most creative work when you're the lowest on energy. Uh, of course, you do your most productive work when you're the highest on energy, which is why caffeine helps out with that. But uh, something to keep in mind, and th- there are costs associated with caffeine that we've talked about. Uh, episode 21 comes to mind, but we talk about caffeine. It's kind of a, a thread throughout episodes of the podcast. But keep in mind that drinking ca- caffeine is kind of a way of borrowing a bit of energy from later on in the day uh, because your energy invariably dips after you do consume caffeine. And so you do have to pay that price. And in a similar way, 
Number three on the list, cutting out booze. Uh, That's kind of a way of borrowing energy and happiness from the following morning. And so we do have to pay the price with some of the things that we consume. Uh, We chat about this on episode 14, and this is something you're big into this year. I I think I had alcohol in one or two days this year so far, but that's about it. And by God, the amount of energy that we both have is incredible this year. Yeah. I mean, I haven't had any alcohol all of 2021 so far. That's Um, pretty good. Yeah. yeah. And it wasn't like a New Year's resolution or anything. I just... It's because you're pregnant. No. Oh my gosh. No. (laughs) This is like my biggest nightmare that when you stop drinking, the world just assumes you're pregnant. Yeah. Men have it easy when they stop drinking. Women, people make more assumptions about in general, probably. Public service announcement. If somebody tells you they're not drinking and they happen to be female... Don't just assume they're not, they're yeah. pregnant. Just assume they're making a healthy choice. I'm just putting that out there. Cut out chicken. Nobody asks questions. Yeah. Cut yeah. out alcohol. You're suddenly pregnant. But yeah. no, I am not pregnant. And But I am. I- <laughs> Plot twist. Um, but yeah, I haven't had any alcohol this year. I think we had a lot of, we had a bit too much to drink on New Year's Eve. Oh, yeah. And that was. That set us I, off and into the, that built up so much momentum for this re- resolution. Because yeah. uh, we watched um, Anderson Cooper and Andy Cohen ring, ring in the new year. And they did a shot every hour. And so it was ill advised. And I don't think there was a disclaimer on the broadcast that told people not to do the same. We did the same to great regret the following morning. And since then, we've hardly hardly had a drop. Yeah, I think that was just a tipping point for me. I've had this kind of internal debate on whether or not I wanted to be drinking at all for quite a while now. I think the evidence just keeps mounting that alcohol is by and large just terrible for you and yeah. especially for women i think like more and more oh. research is coming out that shows there is really no safe amount for you to be drinking alcohol in terms of things like breast cancer risk uh-huh. so um it's just it's just crazy and i haven't been able to think about a way that it should be in my life and i think after new year's eve i was like yeah maybe i just cut it out of my life entirely so yeah. i I, th- I don't know how long this will stick but i'm loving not drinking and you might find the same as well. I mean, it's uh, for a lot of people, it gives you a lot more energy. You might find you lose weight. Um, all sorts of benefits that can come out of not drinking alcohol. But yeah. for, for sure, if you love a glass of red wine at the end of the day, and if that's what really makes you feel a lot um, calmer. Alive? No, goodness. I hope it doesn't make you feel alive. But okay. um, I, yeah, if, it, if it's something that it really brings you a lot of joy and doesn't have a lot of harmful consequences, then sure, you do you. But On the other hand, if you just start texting everybody you know after a drink, maybe it's time to cut back. Maybe. Or if you just find you have less energy. Things really bother me when they get in the way of me accomplishing what I intend to do. And alcohol just obliterates, obliterates how much attention we have and how much focus we have to give to the present moment. And for me, the tipping point was thinking, maybe we should do an episode around this because we've talked about this before. No, we did, episode 14. I don't rem- why, do, why do I not remember this episode? Maybe you were drunk. Was this the last episode? Oh, yes, we, <laughs> we bought a bottle of wine for this episode. So if, yeah, if you're did. new to the show, make sure to check this one out. But uh, for, for me, when January rolled around this year, I thought, okay, what are, what are some of the best memories I've had while I was drinking. And that was when I realized that most of the best memories that I have have been from when I've just been enjoying the moment, when I've been just present and alcohol gets in the way of that for me. And so I'm a big fan of mindfulness and living deliberately. And so cutting out booze, I do not 
regret it so far. And honestly, when it's just us in the house and, you know, our, our habits are so intertwined with one another by the end of COVID, <laughs> we're basically the same person. We basically uh, share a, a brain by this point, but it's very natural. So if you do live with other people, maybe take it as a challenge. Can you do, uh, well, dry January, the opportunity for that has passed, but maybe starting today, what would happen? Figure out how much energy you'll have doing that. Dry end of March. New thing. Dry mid-March to (laughs) mid-April. Yeah, there you go. That has a beautiful... I mean, it's kind of Lent, right? There's a little overlap. When's Lent? I don't know. You're Catholic. (laughs) Well, baptized, I guess. I'm more Buddhist now than anything. Experiment number four. There's no good segue there. Nope, I just moved on. Yeah. Experiment number four. Arden, let me ask you a question. So... How many years of somebody's life, if you add them all up every day, day after day, does somebody spend watching TV? Can I say the right answer because I see it in front of me? Or can I, should I just guess? If you had to guess without knowing what the answer would be because it's in the show notes in front of you. And I've been following your work for the last yeah. however many years we've mm-hmm. been together. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. Okay, I'm going to guess one year. And you're going to tell year. me. Wow. <gasps> what is it? Well, one year. Wow. What a great guess. Um, but you would be surprised to know that the number is far higher. In fact, it's 13.6 times what you said. Uh, And so I I did a calculation a while back, given the average life expectancy and the fact that the average American watches over four hours of TV every single day. That's incredible. And it adds up to 13.6 years over the span of somebody's life. And we've given some, you know, really practical advice on how to read more books in episode 34. So we thought we'd pair these two tactics together for a month, just for a month, Try replacing TV with reading. Now, the thought of that might put you off, and indeed, it might take your mind about about a week to settle down into a new lower level of stimulation. Uh, I did a talk on this. It's on YouTube. It's called How to Get Your Brain to Focus. I think that's what it's called, at least. And it's about the science of mental stimulation and what it takes to settle our mind down. And so, the first week of this will be uncomfortable. But As a consequence of an experiment like this, you'll learn a lot more. You'll imagine a lot more. You'll collect more dots in your head that you can connect to everyday experiences to come up with more ideas. And you'll think more about plans for the future. And you won't fill the little moments of your day like water with little moments watching YouTube and videos and TV. Uh, I originally encountered that statistic that the average American watches over four hours of TV a day during an experiment. It's going to sound like judgmental that I'm pairing these two ideas together, but I really don't mean it that way. I I fall into this category too. Uh, The experiment was to become a slob for a week where I cut out exercise and working out. I made sure to watch over two hours of TV every single day, not realizing after the experiment was over, I thought, okay, how how much TV does the average American actually watch? And that was when I encountered that four hour stat. Four hours is a lot of time. And we, this was kind of a, something that we talked about at the beginning of the episode, that people think they don't have time for experiments. They think they don't have time 
for books, but these are really just stories that we tell ourselves around how we manage our time in the first place. We have the time. We just spend it doing other things. Uh, meditation is an ex- a good example that comes to mind as well. Uh, people say they don't have time to meditate, but then you can ask them, okay, have you seen uh, have you seen the Queen's Gambit? Or have you seen, what's the, Bridgerton? Or have you seen uh, WandaVision? They'll say, yeah, oh, those are amazing shows. Then you think, okay, how do you rectify those two ideas? And the way that you square those two um, figures together is mental stimulation. The more stimulated our mind becomes, the more we want to keep it that way, which is why we spend so much time on social media. It's why we turn to distractions. It's why we spend so much time passively. Because we convince ourselves we we have no time, we want to spend what limited time we do have vegging out. Uh, this is the story we tell, but it ends up equaling over four hours of television a day. So uh, a mental bias, a little bit of science, uh, and a few facts to keep in mind with regard to this challenge, replacing TV with books. Well, then, I think that pretty much covers that Did one. you like my mod? Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that was, but I think that summarized it really well. So... Experiment number five. Oh, this is a trap we fell into at the start of the pandemic uh, with the uh, new workout equipment we bought. I don't know if I want to call it a trap. It's been really addictive. <laughs> yeah, it has been. <laughs> so we did get a Peloton. Yes. Um, <laughs> we were one of we the, those people. We jumped on that bandwagon. Yeah. Um, and it's been so amazing. So even yeah. at the very, very beginning of COVID, I think I immediately realized, okay, I'm going to go crazy if I don't if I can't go to the gym or I can't go swimming. Um, and so I, I've always been a runner, but I've always, always, I've also always complemented that with strength training and cross training. And without going to the gym regularly, I knew this was going to be an issue for me. So I immediately yeah. fi- found all the best workout sites online. I mean, Pop Sugar Fitness is a mm. really, really good resource. It's all free. It's on YouTube. So that's really useful. I mean, Yoga with Adrian and all the yes. many, many other yoga channels online uh, that offer yoga for free are really great resources and they're all totally accessible. So these are yeah. really good ways for you to start incorporating more workouts. But we did also then a little bit later in the in this pandemic, we did get a Peloton and it's been so awesome. I mean, yeah. we don't need to be those people that are like, Pelotons are great because there are a million of those people. Um, there's there's but, quite a few of those people. But they yeah. are pretty great. And I think for both of us, it's made us like way more motivated to work out. And I think physically, we can both see it in each other that we've become a lot stronger. And it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, look at us. We're just made of muscle right now. I, I wish this wasn't a podcast so people could realize the extent to which we are fit right now. Definitely uh, my shirt, fitter than I've ever been yeah, before. My shirt doesn't fit me anymore because my muscles are actually... Uh, bulging out of it at the time of recording. Yeah. I mean, we've ventured a little bit into hyperbole now, but (laughs) yeah, definitely stronger than we've been in the past. And I think the key here is, yeah, you don't need to get a Peloton. That's that's not the point here. Um, But really just finding activities that you like to do. I had no idea. I really liked like strength training as much as I do um, until I started doing more of these workouts online. And it's just been hugely transformative for me in a lot of ways. And now I'm very intimidated by those biceps of yours. No, he's exaggerating. Um, I can still barely do 10 push-ups, but I can do 10 push-ups, which is a big thing for me. That's pretty good. Yeah. There there are countless services. You don't need to buy a workout bike. 
that is uh, probably a bit overpriced for what you are. Actually, I don't know if, if you kind of divide the price of this bike, because we'll probably have it for a decade or so. If you divide that by the number of rides we take, it's probably, well, it's definitely far less than, than going to a cycling class. But uh, yeah, do, do keep in mind that you have to perform a bit of mental gymnastics in order to justify the price of a Peloton. But that said, Peloton, <laughs> at the risk of talking about Peloton, because people who don't have a Peloton, they don't give a shit about Peloton. But there are services, a ton of them out there now, where you can pay eight, ten bucks a month to get fitness classes right to your home. It's a fraction of the price of an actual gym membership. Uh, so Peloton has their streaming service that you don't need a bike for. I, I forget how much it costs, but Apple Fitness Plus is a service as well. Beachbody is another service that I know a lot of people like. You get all the P90X in there if you're a fan of Tony Horton and his thing, but there is that free tier below that that is incredible as well. Yeah, I've absolutely loved the Pop Sugar Fitness workouts and Yoga with Adrian is a classic. So those are just two really good examples of really good free workout sources. But all that's really just to say that this is maybe a really good opportunity for you to find like different types of working out that you didn't know you would like. Maybe try a bar class or Pilates. I know you did Pilates and you loved it, which is really cool. So surprised by how much I like that actually. Yeah. I mean, we have a unique opportunity on our hands to maybe try something that we wouldn't otherwise try. And this is a really exciting opportunity for you to try out different types and maybe different frequencies of working out um, and realize what works for you. All right, so if you've listened to the show before, you know that sometimes we end episodes uh, with something to think about. Today, uh, the thing to think about is a quote from Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit. And it's really related to what we talked about today, where maybe when you're doing all these experiments in the next few months, you'll find something that you really like and you want to turn into a habit, right? All of the experiments. Wow. I mean, we don't know how long the rest of COVID is going to be. Oh, good God. I hope we don't have time (laughs) for all of these. Well, regardless, you might find some things that you want to hold on to, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, So this book might be something you find really useful. It's really, really helpful if you're trying to develop or change any habits. But that said, this one habit or quote in particular goes like this. Quote, typically people who exercise start eating better and becoming more productive at work. They smoke less and show more patience with colleagues and family. They use their credit cards less frequently and they say they feel less stressed. Exercise is a keystone habit that triggers widespread change. And that's, again, from Charles Duhigg's book, The Power of Habit. So really, the idea of a keystone habit is really something that like trickles mm. into other habits that lead to kind of like this cycle of positive change, right? You find one thing that transforms other habits in a positive way. I know for me, uh, meditation is something that I've started doing much more regularly throughout the pandemic. So basically since the new year as well, something weird happened on January 1st, but um, I've been meditating really consistently and this has really led to not only better mental health overall for me, I think, um, but also I've noticed I'm a lot more focused at work. Uh, I feel a lot more engaged in my relationships. Just in general, I think this is is probably the keystone habit for me that I've been looking for. Mm. So while you're going through all of these different experiments, maybe incorporating some of the things that you learn from them into habits of your own, think about whether or not these things are, are keystone habits that are triggering more positive change. Or I try to look for the, the habits that might be those things for you. You know, when uh, in the movie, when somebody's pet dies and so when somebody's taking care of the pet 
And uh, so they find a different pet at the store (laughs) to swap it with uh, that looks like the original pet. I feel somebody did that with you on January 1st because instantly (laughs) you stop drinking, you start meditating, uh, you're really into the Peloton stuff. Can you confirm or deny that this is the case? Cannot confirm or deny. You're going to have to start asking me skill testing questions. Oh. See if you, somebody replaced me. Those have gotten really hard on the internet lately. I feel <laughs> I might be a computer. But finishing up, good. we ran a bit over, but I feel for good reason. We crammed a lot of little experiments for you to try into this one. Finishing up, leave a review of the show if you want to uh, leave one and email me a screenshot of it at chris at alifeofproductivity.com. Uh, send me your mailing address too and we'll send you a postcard for the show. We hope you have a wonderful week and we'll see you in a couple Tuesdays. Bye.